Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our virtual service here at Faith Presbyterian Church from Germantown, Tennessee. I'm Pastor Greg Darden, and it's a delight to be with you all this morning. Our call to worship is coming from the Psalms, Psalm 146. The psalmist says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, and their plans come to nothing. But blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. Let us pray this morning. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and return to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness, in your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore us to the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. For we pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, who was raised for us, who reigns for us in heaven. In his holy name we pray, amen. Well, thank you. As we get going this morning, I want to share with you a couple of uh, announcements. This is our second Sunday now in the new year of virtual worship, and uh, a decision later on this week will be made as to if we continue in virtual or if we go back to in-person. And that will be known, uh, we'll make that known probably Wednesday night during the devotional. So uh, we're working towards that. And uh, thank you for your patience in that. As you all know, the numbers are pretty high. Hospitals are pretty full. Um, and uh, we have many members in our congregation who are ill or recovering from the virus. I have been sick all week, still do not feel by any means 100%, but uh, mine has not been the COVID virus from what they tell me. My test was negative and I still have a cough. And if I begin coughing, I'll step off the screen for a few minutes this morning or a few seconds and uh, will return. Uh, so just, just bear with me in that regard. Uh, it's, it's been a long week in that. The church offices remain open Monday through Thursday from 9 to 3. And uh, if you come, please uh, just be wearing your mask as you come in, and uh, we'll be glad to help you with any matter that we can go forward with. So those are some of our announcements this morning. And... Um, <coughs> Uh, we'll have some more things as we get to our prayer time 
in just a moment. Our first scripture lesson this morning in our worship is a very short lesson. It comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 117, uh, a psalm we need to hear as a part of my message this morning when we, we get to it. The psalmist writes, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful thing that is. That his faithfulness endures forever. A great promise in that regard. Well, we're all here. We've all seen the events of this week, and we are all in great concern for our nation. Uh, many things have happened, but as things have been going on here in our land, there's things that have been going on elsewhere, too, and there's several things I'd like to, to say in regard as we go to God in prayer. Uh, we received a, uh, a note from the folks at Project Mercy this week celebrating their Christmas, which was January 6th, the Epiphany. As I said, most of the Eastern Church and the Middle Eastern Church uh, celebrate the coming of the wise men as the day of gift giving, and they did that, and we sent them uh, thousands of dollars to use to buy Christmas uh, gifts and food baskets for people there, and they were able to do that, and they, they showed us pictures, and we'll be sending some of those out this coming week, and very grateful to, to all for that. Uh, we're grateful to see that the vaccines are going to resume for folks this coming week, and that's a very good sign, and thankful for that, and that others are getting over uh, the the Murrays are still going through the time. Joe has been sick, sicker, certainly, than Dawn. Uh, I talked with them this week. I talked with Norma Pittenger, who is uh, much better. Her son, Scott, is better. Uh, texted with Jenny Roberts, who is doing okay and is, I hope, now getting better. So many different folks there and others who... Uh, I've been fighting it, family members fighting the virus. We certainly want to continue to pray for them and um, for those working in the hospitals. My son-in-law, Bart, tells me that, you know, they are kind of full, and the biggest problem now is staff, just maintaining enough staff to help run the hospitals in that regard. So uh, we do need to be in prayer about that. As to the events of this week and what that will mean for our nation to come forward in, in the coming year and things, uh, it remains to be seen. And certainly, uh, we are a nation that is not of one mind about many things, but we need to be in prayer about that. And we need to be, as Christians, we need to be doing the things that God wants us to do. And among those is not only prayer, but is the ability to listen and to be the ability to, as James says, quick to listen and slow to speak. And perhaps that is one of the great thing. Uh, you know, the events of this week remind us that uh, the doctrine we have in, in the Presbyterian Church and Reformed theology of uh, 
depravity, of total depravity, that all men sin, that none of us are exempt from that, that only the Lord Jesus Christ was without sin. And so we are mindful of that and need to be that uh, no one, no one is above uh, themselves, the law, or perfect in the eyes of God. So all those things are things that we need to keep in mind and we need to be praying about. Now, as I go to God in prayer, I invite you to, to offer to God your own prayers this morning. Uh, we'll pray for here for a few minutes, and then we'll go to the uh, scripture lesson for our sermon this morning. And I hope that it will bring us some measure of encouragement as that is what the sermon is about. So let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we do come before you this morning as your children, adopted by your son Jesus Christ as brothers and sisters in the faith, as those who trust in him. And Lord, we come and we're shaken, we lament for our nation and its deep divisions. Save us, O oh Lord. Do not let us become a byword, a dream forgotten, a land forsaken. We pray this day for those in power, for the Congress, for the president, for the president-elect. Let us not, let us act not on our passions but with sobriety and humility. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will begin to help heal the wounds of our nation and that you will cause us on all sides to consider what it is that has transpired across the land. Walk us, O oh Lord, through this difficult time that we might be delivered from sin and all evil desire that lurks in every human heart. Lord, our nation is ill with disease, with lockdowns, with businesses failing. Hospitals are full, people are sick. Let your healing balm be poured across the land and the world that we will not perish or suffer and that loved ones and friends, neighbors and all who follow and all our fellow human beings, that we be restored to health and the newness of life. Almighty God, we pray this day for those among us in our congregation, in our families, among our friends and colleagues who are ill and sick. Many have lost loved ones this week across this area. Many have lost loved ones across this country and across the world. Mighty God, we pray that the vaccines rolling out will be dispensed 
in an orderly manner. And that the combating of this disease will turn and become one in which we are winning the battle and not losing it. We pray these things. We pray that in these coming days of transition, that you be with us and that you help us in this time of need to be discerning, not just of the events, but of our own hearts. For this we pray and ask this day, all in the name of your Son, even Jesus Christ the Lord, who has taught us to pray and we say now together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining in prayer with me this morning. I began last week a series of sermons talking about using the strengths God has given us. And this morning, as we look at that, the strength that I am going to talk about is what Paul calls encouragement. Encouragement. Now I'm going to read from his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And I invite you to read along in your Bibles, to open your Bibles to that passage. And, <coughs> pardon me, and to follow the reading with me this morning. It really is a, a great reading and one that we'll be drawing from over, oh, several of the next couple of Sundays. He writes at verse uh, 1 of chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. 
For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have, do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Well, may God bless this reading of his word and from the book of Psalms earlier, uh, from Paul's letter to the Romans. Now, this morning, my message is using the strengths God has given us and particularly those who encourage, those who encourage. Christians are endowed by our Lord with a great many and a wide variety of strengths and gifts to use in our lives and to edify the faith and strengthen Christ's church. In our lesson from Paul's letter to the Romans that we just read, Paul articulates a list of strengths and gifts that Christians have. Now, this is not a complete list. It is only a partial list, but still he articulates this list. And now, as we began last week, we're today, and in the next uh, five weeks to come, we're going to be talking about, again, a number of these strengths and gifts that we have been given by the grace of our Lord. Now, let's look this morning as we begin at a few examples of encouraging others. How many of you over the holidays saw a public service announcement commercial from the Foundation for a Better Life about a piano concert, a family who had somehow lost their six-year-old son only to see the boy sitting at the grand piano on the stage and starting to play with two fingers, Mary had a little lamb. The audience was aghast. And when the concert pianist walked onto the stage, instead of having the little boy taken off, tells him to keep playing while he plays alongside him with a musical variation of classical proportions of Mary had a little lamb. When they finish, they receive a standing ovation and the concert pianist and the little boy take a bow. Then the words flash up on the screen, encouragement, pass it on. 
It's a great commercial. I hope you've seen it. Think now of a time or times in your life when you were encouraged by someone. Some of us have been encouraged often in our lives, especially in our childhood, teen years, young adults. Most parents encourage their children to do well and to have confidence. In a book full of old memories and keepsakes, I found a card this week while home sick. On the front cover of this card, there was a picture of Hagar the Horrible, a newspaper comic strip character that I believe is still published today, but no one under 50 probably has any idea about it because no one reads the comics in a newspaper because no one hardly gets a newspaper that's under 60. Still, on the front cover of this card, you see Hagar the Horrible saying in a caption box above the picture, when things aren't going too smoothly for an old friend, say something encouraging. And when you open the card, you see a picture of a scrappy, scrawly-looking character hanging by his hands in chains in a castle dungeon where Hagar replies to him, Hang in there, old friend. <coughs> Excuse me. Of course, it's humorous. <coughs> And I suppose the card was meant to lift someone's spirit who was down. But oftentimes, we have to have people encourage us in our lives. On a more serious note, when I was preparing to go to seminary, an older widow in my home church, Lloyd Presbyterian Church, invited me to her home for lunch one day to talk to me. She had been a member of the church all her life and had taught my father in Sunday school and was keenly interested in my calling to the ministry. Her name was, <coughs> her name was Marguerite Hudson. She had a pleasant lunch. She told me that she would like to purchase for me a set of <coughs> New Testament commentaries to begin my theological library. <coughs> I'm sorry. As I said, we had a very pleasant lunch, and she told me that she would like to purchase for me a set of New Testament commentaries to begin my theological library and to encourage me <coughs> as I began my preparations for the ministry. 
Those commentaries, William Barclay's New Testament commentaries, still sit on my shelf in my office and are used and are used almost every week. It is that kind of life-affirming and meaning that I think Paul is talking about when in Romans 12, 8, he says, if your gift is to encourage, then give encouragement. That is a straightforward statement as one can make. We would think that everyone gives encouragement from time to time, and I suppose that might be right. <coughs> Yet I wonder, do most of us have the strength of encouraging, especially in the deep matters of life and spirit? So to help us answer some of those questions this morning in our own lives, to see if God has endowed us with a strength of encouragement, I have a series, again, of statements that I'm going to read for us, and, and I'm going to ask that you answer to yourself or write it down three simple things, that I often do this, I sometimes do this, or I rarely do this. Very simple. I often do this. Sometimes, rarely. <coughs> now, this first statement, I invite you to listen to. I regularly encourage others by counseling or advising them in matters of life and belief. Again, I'll read it. I regularly encourage others by counseling or advising them in matters of life and belief. Now, can you answer that? Often, sometimes, or rarely. Now, <clears throat> the second one, people in the Christian community have been spurred on to love and good works by my counsel and encouragement. Again, Answer by choosing one of the answers, often, sometimes, or rarely. People in the Christian community have been spurred on to love and good works by my counsel and encouragement. <coughs> Y'all encourage me. I'm struggling a little bit up here. Now, number three. I often send verses of scripture, a prayer, or other words to others who need encouraging. Again, I often send verses of scripture, a prayer, or other words to those who need encouraging. I do that often, sometimes rarely. And the last one. I am excited at the potential I see in others, and I often encourage them in order to bring out the best in them, especially for God's purposes. I am excited at the potential I see in others, and I often encourage them in order to bring out the best in them. Do I do that often? Sometimes, rarely. 
There you have it. <coughs> Pause with me one more time. Now, this is a very limited exercise to be using, but it serves our purpose here this morning. Now, how did you answer? How did you grade yourself? Well, let's see. If you gave yourself and often three or four of oftens on the statements, in other words, you said often three or four times in your answers, you probably have the strength of encouragement. If you had mostly sometimes, you do encourage others, but probably do not go out of your way to do so. If you answered mostly in uh, the rarely category, then it is probably to say, to safely say, this is not one of your strengths. That is not a negative thing. Remember, God gives us all different strengths. <coughs> and some of us just may not have the strength of encouraging, but others of us do. And it's not to say that we can't gain that strength, that if we ask God, help me to be an encourager, that that will not uh, happen because God can pour out his gifts to everyone. Remember last week about prayer. We all pray, but some of us certainly have a much greater gift of praying. Likewise now with encouragement. So let me talk about this encouragement and some of the things that I have said here and the questions or statements that I gave. Now, you know, encouragement means giving support, showing confidence, being supportive. It means reassuring. It means being affirmative, sometimes sympathetic, sometimes sensitive, understanding. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's positive. <coughs> sometimes we're being uh, responsive, enthusiastic, appreciative. We're trying to be positive and giving hope for a future success, showing promise, hopeful. All these things are, if you will, qualities of encouraging, and we see it often in the Bible. We see others encouraging. We see God encouraging his servants. We see Jesus encouraging his disciples who will one day become the apostles of the church. We see the prophets encouraging as well as judging. We see God encouraging the prophets. We see God encouraging Moses and Aaron and others. We see that happen. And Paul, in his letters, is always he is always writing to encourage those in the church who are believers and the leaders of the church. He's writing and encouraging them to use their gifts to do the things that they have. Now, you know, I often wonder, uh, do I really possess the gift of encouragement? Uh, I don't know. Maybe to a degree, sometimes, certainly, uh, but am I a good enough encourager? Well, one of the things that I've often done is I have seen potential in people in our congregation, and I've asked them to do things. Many of them have never even thought about doing those things, and they are often surprised that I would encourage them to consider or do something. 
And over the years, that's been quite satisfactory to see that work out. I have encouraged, I think, my children, and when they were children and teenagers, Terry did most of the encouraging, I think, and helped them along more than, than I did in many regards. But I think that's a very important thing as we consider. Have I been, as a person, as a child of God, as a Christian, one who has been encouraging to my fellow Christians, to my family, to those around me? I think that that is very important. And so let us consider that. You know, I often write notes. I often send uh, cards. I often will even write old-fashioned letters. And I wish I did more of it. I certainly don't. But I always write, and, and I, I, when I do, I try to encourage something. Uh, years ago, Phil Waddell, who was an elder in this congregation, now is out in Whitefish, Montana, I wrote him a note after uh, he made a presentation at the session and uh, just had written him a note thanking him and for his support, his work, his presentation, his Christian faith, and uh, sent it to him. Didn't think much about it afterwards. And then one day I was in his office and sitting there on his table next to his desk, was the card that I had sent him sitting there on full display. And he was just, just encouraged that I had written to him and was proud of, the, of the, really the note that I had sent him. And that made a big difference for him, but for me, to think that, oh yes, the words that you write are important. And I've known that, and I've thought about that over the years, but it is. And we have many in this congregation who regularly write notes and send cards and text messages, telephone calls, maybe even letters, encouraging others in our congregation when they are sick, when they are facing something, when they have a baby, when the they have someone die in the family, it is important. And we have many who have that strength in our congregation. And I thank God for it because encouragement is important, especially in difficult days. And we've had difficult days and we do need that encouraging. Now, let me say some more about this. Sometimes, we can see in others potential. Sometimes they don't see it in themselves or they don't have the confidence to act on it. Godly potential to do things for God. I can remember now over the years, the many people from this congregation who went on short-term mission trips, many of them never thinking that they would ever do such a thing, yet many I encouraged to, you need to go. You need to do this. You need to have this experience in your life. And it made such a great difference. And others have been encouraged. This week I saw a couple of pictures from Cancun, Mexico, AB, Pastor Santiago. They were getting ready for the conference that's coming up this coming weekend. 
and they had these uh, reformed uh, Bibles that they were able to secure. These are just wonderful Bibles. And they were holding them up and they were showing them and they were talking about that they were giving these, these $90 Bibles to these pastors who were coming from poor congregations across Mexico. And they were giving them as a gift, a gift of encouragement, a gift of encouragement, a tool, a source in which it would help them tremendously in their ministries. And this was something that God had made happen. And it's a great, great indication, a great sign, a great encouragement to this new ministry that AB is starting down in Cancun to the Presbyterian church there that is facilitating it. Uh, and it is a wonderful thing to see. Now, you make a difference when you encourage other people. We need to be encouraging. We need to be encouraging those who are sick, those who are despondent, those who are tired, especially of being locked in. We need to be encouraging and look ahead saying that this too shall pass and God will do new things here in our church, in our community, even across our nation. That is very important, something to see. So it makes a difference when you sit down and you copy words of scripture and send to somebody and say, these are important and I thought they would be an encouragement to you. Or to say, you know, I've been praying about you and about what you're facing or about the decision that you have to make and I wanna encourage you that you'll do what you need to do, what God is leading you to do. You know, that is so terribly important. In the ministry, preaching certainly is meant to exhort and to encourage and to strengthen, but there are other things that sorely are missed right now. <coughs> Again, pardon me. I think of the rites and the ordinances and the sacraments of the church and how they are an encouragement to the people. Ordinarily, we would have had communion today, but we didn't. But every time we take communion, that is an encouragement, that is a strength, that is the sacrament that telling us that God is with us and that we're eating what represents the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a sacrament that sustains, that encourages us in our Christian faith. When we baptize, how important that is. Not just for the child, the baby, the teenager, the adult being baptized, but for everyone in the congregation, for it is an encouragement of seeing others come to faith. At funerals, 
when a great loss has been experienced by a family, it is an encouragement to hear the promises of God, the assurances from our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a great encouragement. These are things that we need. But it is also something that we can do each and every day. Talking about commercials, as I talked about the one earlier with the concert pianist and the six-year-old little boy playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. <coughs> I saw this past week a, another commercial. I'm not sure <coughs> who is putting it out. Maybe the uh, uh, Pediatric Doctors Association. But it shows a little boy, again, Six years old, seven maybe. He's kind of hyper. He's active. And let me tell you, that's the way little boys are. I remember when I was a little boy, my brothers were a little boy. And, you know, my mom and dad survived, mostly my mom. But boy, were we rambunctious. And this little boy just wanted to play. He was always wanting to do something, play. And he never got to play because his mom kept saying, go do something else. Get out of here. Stop bothering me. So much so that she took him to the pediatrician and the pediatrician examined him and then wrote the mother a prescription with the words, play. That was an encouragement to the mother to let the boy play. Sometimes we forget that we get so caught up in ourselves that we are not out encouraging others and helping others. That is something we have to be careful of. We can all be encouraging to others, even if it's only in small ways. But many of us have the strength and the gift from God to be an encourager. We neglect our gift if we are not doing that. We need to be encouraging. One of the great things about now being in ministry this long is that you have a much better perspective on things, even hard things, even difficult things. Let me assure you, I want to encourage you that we, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, will get through this time. Our families will get through this time. Our nation will get through this time. I want you to be encouraged and not discouraged. And I want us to be practicing this gift of encouragement. Do so this week. Make up your mind. Encourage. Send somebody that note or card. Now, don't be like Hagar the Horrible and say, 
just hang in there. Encourage them. Comfort them with the words of Scripture. Help them to say, we need to do this. You need to do this. I think it's very important. One of the things that we can do as Christians is to be constantly encouraging our brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers in the faith, in the family, in the community across this nation and the world. Now, I want to thank you for being uh, patient with me this day. I can feel the coughs just wanting to jump out, and I'm going to bring us to a close in worship. Uh, your faithfulness is a marvel for me to see, and I thank God for it, not just here in our church, but across the land. The Lord our God, he is our salvation, and he is our strength. He is the one who encourages us to remain faithful and to be that encourager to one another. Let me close with a benediction. And all be well, take care. I hear we're supposed to have snow tonight and tomorrow. We'll see. But go now from this virtual worship service in peace. Hold strong to your faith. Have your eternal hope in Christ Jesus, showing his love to all that you meet. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the peace and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all this day, and I do pray forevermore. Amen. Good to be with you. I'll be on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, and we'll let you know about what direction we're heading in the next few weeks. Take care. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Pray. Encourage. Thank you all. Goodbye.